Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Are you ready to bring project-based learning to your school? The PBL Simplified Podcast will help equip you for your PBL journey with weekly need-to-knows, engaging interviews, PBL showcases from facilitators in the classroom, and PBL leadership episodes to move you towards a successful implementation of PBL. Because every learner deserves to be a part of an inspiring story, and we see daily that project-based learning helps make this happen. If you want me to answer your PBL need-to-know on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to PBL Simplified Podcast in episode 100. This is the Century episode. Fired up to be into three digits with our podcast. We've been doing this for four years or so. And we love hearing from you so that your voice is in this podcast. And we want to continue to make it valuable for you. So just like the intro says, go to whatispbl.com. Hit that Ask Ryan button so that I can answer your PBL need-to-knows here on the podcast. It also happens to fall on a podcast guest episode. So really fired up for my guest, Carmen Coleman. If you were in Kentucky, you likely know Carmen and her work, whether it was from UK Next Gen, JCPS, or now she's with OVEC. But in some way, she's always collaborating to create these really great outcomes for learners. And Carmen and I have known each other for a very long time. Even as she's been in different roles, we've always stayed connected, which is where I want to tie in our need to know for the day. Our need to know today is one that I came up with because leaders don't usually ask it until they're in trouble. And it's, how do I stay grounded as a leader? This is one of those self-care questions that we have. Of How do we, like, as I like to say, how do you get to your best work? Your best work is 10 years out. How do we make sure you get there? And one of the best ways to do that is relationships. Sometimes we call it a PLN, a professional learning network. It's those folks that even if you only connect once or twice a year, as soon as you do, you just pick up where you left off, right? Because you know both of you are energetic, you're passionate about the work, you're busy, that you both understand that, you're going to respect each other's time, but you also know you're in the work for the right reasons. You have to stay connected to those people. So if you've got some of those people, think about them right now. Maybe somebody you connect with at a conference and you're like, that was such a great conversation. Can I encourage you to reach out again? Just, hey, let's connect in the morning sometime for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Put a time frame on it because again, you're both busy, but this is important for both of you. You need to connect with like-minded people. And can you do it every week in a mastermind? Yes, you can. And it's very worthwhile. We've got some masterminds here uh, in Magnify Learning and our ecosystems that we can plug you into where you have a group of like-minded leaders that are connecting every week on different topics, but also socially, like what's going on in your life so that you've got somebody else that's listening. Because as leaders, we can get really, really lonely at the top because there's some things that you can't share with your staff, right? So you need to have these relationships. Your work's really important. And as we get into our big goal of having 51% of schools doing project-based learning by 2051, 51 by 2051, 
one of the things we realized is we can't just go on offense. We can't have every traditional school or traditional classroom going to PBL. We also need to play some defense. Those people that are doing project-based learning right now and doing it well, we need to keep them in the game. And we need to do some succession planning. So out of that work has come this idea that we need you to be doing this work at a high level for a long time in the same position for there to really be some succession planning to do. You need to be doing PBL at a high level for 10 years. I made up that number, but it needs to be a place where you've trained your own people, you've hired your own people, you've created a culture that people understand, and you've had time to bring in your successor. So to do all of that, it comes back to relationships. Relationships within your district, within your school, but also outside of your district and school. Who else is doing this at a high level? One of the things I love about education is once you get out of your county, you're not really competing with other schools. You might be competing for for students right now, right? Like that's a real thing. But once you get outside of that, you're really collaborating, right? Like you need to have some people. So I bring that up because Carmen and I have been talking learner outcomes for a very long time. And we're both in positions where we're very busy. We can't always connect all the time. But as soon as we do, we pick up right where we left off because we know that we're both super passionate about education outcomes and we're super passionate about this work. So it's really easy to just jump back in and find some new connections and further each other's work. So that's our need to know for today is how do you continue this work 10 years from now so that you're still going and still going strong and not cynical? It's relationships, it's connections, it's your strong network. But today in episode 100, we've got Carmen Coleman from OVEC, that is Ohio Valley Education Cooperative, which again, we're talking networks here and your need to know is that it's about connecting schools, connecting leaders. So you're sharing ideas, you're collaborating, and you're getting to your best work that's 10 years out. Carmen and I are going to have a great conversation. So as you tune in, I hope that you get to pull out all kinds of nuggets that you can grab for yourself, take back to your school and your staff and your learners. Enjoy. All right, PBL Simplified podcast listeners, this is episode 100. This is the century session, and we have a guest that will match that. Today, we've got Carmen Coleman on the podcast, and Carmen brings a ton of energy and experience to education from... I don't know how far to go back with her bio from the right superintendent to UK Next Gen to the largest district in Kentucky. Now she's doing educational co-op work, but it's all framed in deeper learning and project-based learning. So we've got the right person when we talk about leadership and PBL. Carmen, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to it's great to see you again. And I've been I follow you, you know. I love your quotes that come out every day, little tidbits. And um yeah, we're you know, we're still trying to really move the move the ball forward here in Kentucky. Right. It's just it's moving the work forward. And Carmen and I have gone way back and way been back. in the weeds on the ground doing this work. Right. And um you know, gone to do some, some different things and, and coming back. So it is fun to be, um, I guess not in person, but on zoom, close, uh, doing the podcast, right? right? Super close. Super yeah. close. Yeah. And I think one of the things that draws us together each time, Carmen, is just this shared value system around what education should be. And yeah. just the, we say deeper learning, but this deep need to turn from a system that might not be serving all of our learners well. 
I wrap that up into like, that's my why for education. So can you just start right there? Like, what's your why for being in education? You know, I, I recognized really early, even as a new teacher, and my, I have a dog that wants to talk a little bit. I'll, I'll do something different with her if, if she doesn't quit. You know, I recognize that things did not make sense to me with the way that we did school. It just did not make sense to me. And I, and I would ask questions about that as mm-hmm. a, even as a new teacher. What's magical about 175 days or 177 days? And what, and why? I mean, just, you know, the whole, why are we in isolated silos for, for subject areas? And, and then I recognized that or realized that kids, could do so much more than we give them credit for or that we mm-hmm. allow them to do. And so I just started, you know, for me, it just became then, you know, we not only can they do more than we think they can do, but they can do more than they think they can do. Yeah, that's good. You know, and and I just really have become, I mean, I went into education, I think, because it felt like home. I wasn't going to be a teacher like many of us whose family, you know, we have teachers. My mom's a teacher. My aunts are teachers. I was not going to do that. But then I took one education class finally, and it was like home, right? And then getting into it, you know, there were just so many questions for me. And, and I've just became really intent on helping kids realize their potential and helping adults realize mm. that we were the different, I mean, we're, we're the difference makers there. And yeah. so that is what I think has really driven me the past um, several years. Yeah, that's so good. And we always like to acknowledge the passion that teachers in the classrooms have, whether you're doing PBL or not, right? It's like, we're the difference makers. Like, that's why we're there. And then it seems like we're just on this journey. I like that you start your why with questions, right? Like, here you are superintendent of a school. And it's like, well, why? Like, what does our diploma mean? Right? Like, that's, I love that you just asked that question. And then you asked a bunch of different stakeholders, like, what do you want your your kids to leave with right. when they leave our, our school system? That's right? right. Those questions are so important. How do you do that? Like, how do you reach out to stakeholders like that? And where did that curiosity come from? You know, I mean, again, that what does our diploma mean? You know, we we were on a journey in that district trying to figure out what does school need to be today? Because we've gotten to the point, we had gotten to the point, and we're still there in so many ways, that, you know, the state accountability system was the Super Bowl. That test was the it. And it just seems so short-sighted to me. You know, I, I started to realize that we really limited kids' opportunities because if it wasn't tested, we didn't feel like we had time to do it. Like world language. There's an example that was a real example. Um, And so, you know, as we started to see a few schools, there weren't very many to see. But at that time, but like 2010, 2012, schools that were that had set their sights higher 
that had yeah. gotten above the turbulence of accountability and standardized tests and had were thinking bigger about what was possible for kids. And and so, you know, we we saw in those schools some real commonalities. And one of those was um, the project based approach. And the kids were doing real work, authentic work, solving real life problems. And it was just so different than anything I had ever seen before. I I didn't know that school could look that way. And so we started with some project-based learning, but then we were still like, okay, but so what's the end game? I mean, what? All right. So we're ready to like do it. We're ready for the grand reopening. Here's what school should be. But we felt like, so does that mean everybody's project based? I mean, what's what are we trying to accomplish? And that's when we asked that question, what does our diploma mean? And the best we could do consistently was to say, well, it means they can't come back. Or it means they've served their time. Oh, it means they've met some very minimum standards. Yeah, Carmen, I'll give you this. Um, there was a school, and I, I won't say their name, but their their mission and vision was to transition kids to their next experience. Yeah, and it's like, well. As as the principal would say, who read it? Well, death is a an, is a transition, right? Like we're just transitioning kids, not like improving where they're at, not giving them new tools, like right. not redefining right. their world or new. Oh, it was just we're right. just transitioning kids. They're just moving right. through, which they're going to do with or without us. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. I so mean, how do we use this time well? That's right. That's right. And that's what I used to think about, and I still do. The diploma should be a ticket. So when I would hand a kid their diploma, I would think of it as a ticket. But I would wonder, a ticket to what? Because what I was seeing was that kids that had all these plans and for the future, they, you could ask them as seniors, what are you going to do? What's your next step? They could tell you. But what I quickly realized was that those were wishes. They yep. weren't plans. They, they weren't plans. They didn't know how to navigate the, the system, whether it was the college. App, you know, that's hard. The college application process and the scholarships and or if you want to go to the military or you it's hard. That's hard stuff. And and I realized that the kids who were doing that had parents that were driving it for the most part. Sure. And we weren't. And the, the inequities were just glaring. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite courses I ever taught in middle school was a first-generation college course. Um, and we just talked about those things, right? Yeah. Like, I'm super blessed. Like, my dad was the first in his family to go to college. So, like, right, he had gone over some of those hurdles. Now, sure. we hadn't gotten that far. He was an engineer, so I went to go be an engineer. Right? That's, yeah. We just knew the engineer was a path, right? Yeah, and I right. ended up education was really my passion. Right. I mean, sitting in that class with 30 kids that didn't have anybody in their network that had been to college, like yeah. they just had great questions. And yeah. like, 
what's what's financial aid like what's it look like to go onto a campus we would just go we would watch videos of campus just so they could see what campus was or take a visit and i always say like it doesn't like it doesn't blow their minds it's not like but it's like it's just a little bigger right a little bigger that's exactly right and that that really became my passion was how do we we've got to help kids think bigger Mm, than what they're thinking we've got to we've got to expose them as best we can to the world right because they're so limited so many to their only what they know only what their experience has given them and so what i realized was then then what we have to do for each other as educators is to help help one another see what I saw in those schools that we visited. Mm-hmm. You know, those those project-based, um, performance-based kinds of places. Well, and you, you hit on, like, this is something we just talked about in the podcast is, you know, as you're looking to implement PBL or deeper learning into your school or your district, like one of the first steps we say is to go visit, go yes. look, go ask questions, okay. right? Go find That's the kid right. that you don't think is paying attention and ask them a question. Just go right. talk to them. That's right. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you everything yep. you want to know. For us, answering that diploma question, what does our diploma mean? Well, of course, we couldn't answer it then. And and so then we started talking about, well, what do we want it to mean? What does our community want that diploma to represent? And what do the kids want? What do their families want? And so then we had a North Star. Okay, this is what we want. This is what the diploma will mean. Unfortunately, Many, once this kind of the the craze started with the graduate profile, which we didn't even know what, I mean, we were just trying to answer that question. We didn't know there was this other conversation going on. But what I've seen is that some schools and districts stop there. Mm. And it it looks nice. It's a poster. They got great graphics hanging up in places. But then that's no better than the mission statement. Right. You know, and I know it's important to establish a vision and a mission, but if you don't bring those to life, if you don't leverage those to improve the student experience, it's not doing any good. It's a, it's a nothing. And so that for me, that this became a living mission statement. Mm-hmm. And so the question was, then how do we know that it's happening? We're not just going to say it and hang it on the wall and it's going to magically happen. And and what started to happen was that, you know, as teachers, it was like, oh, gosh, if if that's what they have to have, then what kinds of experiences do we need to provide so that they do have those skills, you know, that we promised that they'll have? And and so, you know, what what we wanted was for kids to show evidence. I want to know. It's not enough. I'm not going to let them check a box. I want to know. I want to see what evidence can you show me that that is happening, that you that that you are indeed building on those skills. 
the evidence is important too, Carmen, right? Because as yeah. teachers, we say, well, I taught collaboration. So obviously they can all collaborate. Like I taught that, but that doesn't necessarily mean they learned it and can apply right. it. Right. Just so like we, an academic, you know, fact, right. I taught it. Yeah. I taught it. I've taught You would test it, right? That's right. right. That's right. So, and then of course, I mean, you know, project-based learning becomes such a wonderful vehicle for cultivating, you know, the application of knowledge, the development and application of those skills. It's just unnatural. And and what's interesting, I'm sure you have seen this too. When I work with groups and have them go through what is, what are the most essential skills for success? We know academics are important, but we're a school district, right? That's our business. We've we've been, we think we've been doing that, but what else? What else? So I would, I'll ask them, you know, what, so all right, now if I want to see evidence of these skills, if I want to see artifacts from students learning to know that they're getting it, what kinds of learning experiences need do we need to create so that kids can show us artifacts? And you know, I can give any group of people, whether it's a group of community members, a group of, I mean, a group of factory workers, a group of, it does not matter, teachers, you name it. They know what kinds of experiences lead to those skills, right. perseverance, communication, critical thinking. Everybody knows. And real quickly, they, they give great examples. Well, we would challenge the kids to um, plan and grow a garden. And we, or we, would, we would challenge them to create a breakout game. Or we would challenge them to plan a trip every part of it to make all the arrangements to do all the you know all the planning so they know you know it, they know what to do but then we go right back into those same old routines it's, it's right interesting. you get back yeah. to the old habits so you'd say what are the most important skills right that yeah. comes from what does that diploma mean that's right you know, what kind of experiences help develop these I think you also added like yeah. you need to be able to show, right, that these are That's actually right. being done. They've got to show it. What what could they show me? And then the last question is always the one that's met with um, some uncomfortable silence because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll say, well, so you always kind of try to lead them up to it. So you're tell you, you've said these are the most important skills for success. You've looked at a picture of a child that you love and you've said, this is it. And all right. So we, we agree on that. So where in your school today or in your child's school, do kids get these kinds of learning experiences? Because you've said they're the most important. So tell me, how do we do that? And they'll say, well, if they're in robotics, um, Mm -hmm. that's a great opportunity for them to collaborate and think critically and to be creative and to be, okay, are all students in robotics? 
No. All right. Give me something else. Well, if they have Mr. Goodwin, they he does this awesome lesson where they build um, catapults uh, and trebuchets, and it's fantastic. Awesome. Does every student get that opportunity to have him? No. Nope. And so then you realize we have a real equity problem here. And that whole idea that, well, they've got to have the basics before they can do deeper learning, project-based learning. They've got, that is such a widespread myth. Yep. We've dispelled that myth. We've dispelled that myth, Carmen. We looked at the Lucas Foundation research that says that that is not true, unequivocally. Not true. true. The opposite happens, right? And kids are not getting problem solving because they're not practicing problem solving critical thinking. They're just, they're right. The remediation cycle that never, they never get out of that path. Right, because they never get the context that they need, right, to really get true learning. So, and it's interesting. I always like to think about with with groups. So, so how do we learn um, to swim? How do you learn to swim? Can you swim? Yeah, everybody can swim. Or how did you learn to play soccer? And you, you know, I'll say, well, did the did your teacher like set you down and make you like first we're going to learn all, all the vocabulary terms that have to do with swimming and write those down. And then you're going to look them up and you're going to write the definition. Then you're going to use it in a sentence. They're like, "No." I mean, why? I mean, you act like that's crazy, but I mean, that's what we do in school every day, right? Right, I mean, right. You probably got in the pool. Right, right. So let's get them in the pool. Right, let's that's right. It. Let's get them in the pool. Let's get them in the pool. While we've got you, here's what I'd, I'd like you to talk to our listeners about is we've got a pretty diverse audience. A lot of them are leaders. Some are new. They say, hey, I want to learn about PBL. So let me go check out this podcast. Some are are fully in and they've just been looking for something just like this. So a lot of a lot of our listeners, they get this. They understand, yep, I've got a similar why. Like right now you've got them stirred up and they're ready to go. Yeah. But sometimes we don't implement. So like especially like full school or and not that you should go full school right away, but or a district implementation. You've done this at several different levels, right? Like JCPS yeah. is a big district, yeah. OVIC with multiple schools. How do you keep the momentum and fidelity to this goal? Like if people say, yes, I'm in, how do they stick with it and how do they get it implemented? You know, what I see is that first, those that stick with it, they've got a North Star. Mm, they know yep. what their end game is. They know what they're trying to accomplish. Carl, I'm going to stop you there for just a second because that's what we talk about, right? We talk yeah. about like leaders lead, like that's your job. Like we are going to bring in voice and choice, even with that's our right. staff, right? Whether well, there's teachers, even when it's kids, that's right. but it's still our job to lead as leaders, right? So we bring the North right. Star. We said, this is the best thing for kids. It's good for that's all right. of our kids. So all of our kids need to have access to it. Now let's all figure out how we get there. Right. But the North Star can come right from the leader. That's exactly right. And the leader has to be willing to say, 
I don't have all the answers here. Yep. And this is going to be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes because we don't know. All we know is school as we know it. But we've seen glimpses of something different. Mm-hmm. And we can wait. But the kids are here today. And so yeah. do they not deserve something different and better? And the leader's got to get in there with them and, and be willing to say, I don't know, but let's go figure it out. Let's go find out. Yeah, that's great. Like, I love that permission, right? So me as yeah. a leader, I'm not going to micromanage this. I'm not no. going to wait until I've read every possible book and then bring back the perfect plan. Right. I'm going to have a North Star. And I'm going to say, let's all go together because it's worth that's it. Right. That's right. And that's when you get ownership. That's and, and that's the inquiry approach, right? I mean, so yeah. that's what you want. And so you want to create a school environment for all the learners, which also includes the adults. Yeah, you know, that's good. Learners too. And, and that's you can't lead in that old outdated manner that we're trying to to get rid of in the classroom, right? You can't lead in one way and expect teachers to do differently. If you're doing sit and get faculty meetings about That's project-based right. learning, we're all in That's trouble, right? right? Like you're not right. going to get there. That's right. That's right. right. Can you share a, a leadership story of somebody who just got it and then was able to run with that and you know, maybe implement at a school or whatever their level of leadership was where they were able to keep that momentum going and, and show that North Star to people? Yeah. So I think of a, of a leader in JCPS. She's a middle school. First of all, she was a middle school instructional coach. And it was a big deal when she applied to be principal because in that district, there is a very strong belief that you need to be an assistant principal first. Ah, okay. I don't believe that. I think it depends on lots of factors, right? We have that conversation on here, by the way, just a quick aside that I could go on forever is like, what um, does the assistant principal role really mean and what should it mean? Right, right. What I have often seen is that awesome leaders get into that role. And if, if they're saddled with only management, they lose mm-hmm. their skills and they, yeah, it, I could go on about that too. Yeah, let's sure keep, sorry, I, I took but, you off yeah. task. We could totally yeah. go there, but let's stay here with yeah. the story. But she, when we started this work in JCPS, she was one that she just got it. She believed in it and she took it and ran. So then she got to be principal of the school and this was a school that was very successful in the traditional ways, right? But she was like, this is not good enough. This is not enough for our kids. And she is tenacious about it, but her staff is there with her because she is doing the work with them. And she is continually looking for ways to help them see what happens if we have a bigger idea about what's what it means to be successful. And I always say to her, I hope that if I was a leader in a building when this was rolled out, 
that I would implement it just like you have. Mm. And I mean, she just, she makes me so proud and there's so many um, that do, but she is one that just, she could have easily not done anything. That school was doing well. They're not on anybody's radar. They're going along. It's good. But man, they are such a shining star. I mean, you should see like her kids' defenses. Mm. Unbelievable. And every year they're so much better because she does not let it sit. She now has a full team of student mentors Mm. that even after they go on to high school, they come back. And help the kids help get ready for their defenses. She is always looking for instructional insights, looking at the work the students um, the students do. She lists and she always wants feedback. Mm-hmm. I mean, she always wants feedback, and it's very genuine. And right. she's humble. She's not afraid to be vulnerable. I mean, she's just, to me, she embodies what servant leadership looks like. And I mean, she's just, she's phenomenal. That's that's it, right? I mean, she's, she's got the North Star. She has the moral imperative, right? That this is good for kids. That's right. And then she's open to reflection, right? It's the process. You just live that process of, I don't have all the answers and I likely didn't do it perfectly. So tell me so we can all get better. Help me. Yeah. I mean, she just, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. What would you say to some, to our listener that says, I'm I'm close to to PBL, I'm close to jumping in, but I'm on the fence. What do you say to that principal that knows this is the right thing to do, but isn't sure how to get there and how to, how to jump in? I mean, what I would try to do is, is figure out what, what are they afraid of? Mm -hmm. What's the hesitation? You know, and very often the hesitation is um, it might be test scores. I'm afraid that if we do that, you know, we're not going to be able to. And and that's a reality. Like we have to help people figure that out. Right. So how do you. Yes, you can do both. You can get a hold of that turbulence and do better and bigger for your kids. And in fact, they will do better. But, oh, yeah. You, you know, you, they, but I love that because the research shows that they are going to do better, right? They like they're going to have better. more context, better skills. But I like that you say, let's just say it out loud. Right? Yeah. You can even say that out loud to your leadership team, right? Like, this is the direction yeah. we should go. But I'm kind of concerned about this. What do you guys think? Yeah. If it's out there, then we can work on it, right? Then we can work on it. Right. But if we don't know what what the fear is about, then, you know, we, we've got to start there. What's yeah. what's holding you back? And I would even say, listeners, if that was you, like if, if Carmen just pegged you right there, like, would you go to whatispbl.com and then where yeah. it says, ask Ryan, just put that in there. Put your fear in there, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about test scores. I'm not sure that the staff mm-hmm. will fully be on board. Put that in there and we'll make that a podcast episode, right? Yeah, and that's a great idea. Yeah. Get it out there and talk about it. That's right. And I promise it's not anything that someone else hasn't, really worried about and lost sleep over. That's so good, especially at this point, right? Like we've spent 
a decade or so, right? Like on these same fears. And like, that's what I love is like, now we have a lot of these answers, right? We've got resources, we've got experts. Like we can help you pass that now. Right. There was a time when we didn't have all those things, but now the support is there. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. It is. It's awesome. And you are a great support to educators all over Kentucky. And now in your role with OVEC, you're going to have a great reach. I'm really excited about how can we best support your work um, even at OVEC? Yeah, I think, um, gosh, you just keep doing what you're doing. You know, I think one of the things that you've done so well is not only do you do the PBL training and but you have also found ways to build capacity with educators, with credentialing, with mm-hmm. giving them a you know an endorsement or a signet, whatever. So you're building capacity, and we have to think about that all the time. You know, yeah. we can go in and do a training. I can do any kind of training, but we've got to be intentional about. Okay, so what happens after we leave? Right. Yeah. How do we continue to support? That's so good. And I don't know if this will be public by the time this comes out or not, but we're looking at this idea of having 51% of schools doing project based learning by 2051. And it's just this ambitious goal. What what came out of it as we've been diving into this is that we do have sustainability has always been a part of our work, but we can't let people go back to the traditional, right? Or we have to support these principles and then the succession plan, right? Like we can't go backwards. We need to keep the sustainability with what we're doing. That's right. And we can't allow, you alluded earlier to... I mean, every there's always a next step. You know, people will say, well, I can't, we got to get them ready for college and they don't do that in college. Well, I always like to say, we're all going to die, but we're not going to lie still and wait. I mean, practice. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You know, we've got to push on the system. And if all of us push on the system enough, the system will change. I really believe that. But we can't wait. We can't wait for that. No, we're excited for that tipping point to come. So, Carmen, I'm going to put in the show notes a blog from Two Revolutions that gives your story um, so that people can follow up on that. How else can people connect with you? I'm on Twitter. So, at kids underscore inspire. Um, They can reach me at my, you know, work email. Um, You're welcome to share that with them. I'm pretty easy to find. So, you know, and if, right. if, if someone reaches out and I don't respond, that means I haven't gotten it. So, you know, there you go. You, yeah. You've been so available, Carmen. It's been fun being on the journey with you and around yeah. you and in this space just to see kind of where you, you can help inspire yeah. you know, our educators. And we know that it all trickles down like it's all for the kids. That's right. And you've been enough defenses to see kids do amazing things. Amazing things. That's right. That's right. right. All right. You know, I love the work. Yeah, that's right. So thank you so much, Carmen. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you. All right. All right, friends. That was episode 100 with Carmen Coleman. And that is just the perfect century session to have you get inspired, get fired up about the work. And don't forget about the sustainability of that. Please don't think you have to do it all on your own. Just get a North Star, get some crazy people to follow you and start moving. 
And when you do that, you will engage your learners, you'll tackle boredom, and you'll transform your classrooms.